four teams, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Real Madrid, have made the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals after two days of competitions. Liverpool, though, lost to Inter Milan at Anfield, at least they still advanced. By contrast, Paris Saint-Germain and Lionel Messi again suffered an ugly loss that resulted in their knockout. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Yeah. So, I, maybe we haven't say said that we saw this coming, but yeah, PSG again lost before the quarterfinals. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things with PSG where you are kind of waiting for the collapse because mm -hmm. it happens so often. You know, if you look on, I think Transfer Marked is the website where yeah. you can see like. Uh, the way they show the scores, you look at their Champions League history, and the last game is always first one green, second mm -hmm. one red, because whatever happens, they just can't carry it on. That's true. They lack and, consistency. And this time, it was, you know, the the one against Barcelona is the famous one, yeah. where they end up losing 6-5 on aggregate. But the difference with this one is it was so quick, so immediate, and so out of the blue, because... The first game was incredibly close. Then Mbappe got the goal with like the final kick. Mm -hmm. So you come into this one, and the belief basically is Carlo Ancelotti, he got his tactics wrong, he'll figure it out this time. And for about an hour, it played exactly the same yeah. way. And about on the 39th minute, I believe it is, uh, Mbappe got that goal. Mm -hmm. So you assume it's just going to carry on this way. Yeah. And then... Out of nowhere, Donnarumma gets his pocket picked while on, on the Still, goal line. Like, I, I'm trying to understand what what was he, what he was doing back then and yeah. what was uh, Pochettino doing in the last 30 minutes. But before we went to any detail, yeah. the other three first, because not much to talk about. Let's leave oh, the yeah, best okay, for the okay, best. Okay, okay, yeah. sure. So we, we My bad, start. I mentioned the first yes. one. Yeah. So Man City and sport, uh, sport CP, Sporting CP. Yeah. I don't. I mean, no one saw that Sporting CP had any chance, but it's a zero-zero. It's really nothing. So this is basically like, okay, we're gonna win it. Yeah. Why bother to invest so many efforts? That's it. Sporting Club de Portugal came into this five-nil down against the best team in the tournament. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, they did try. Yeah. But we ended up in this weird situation where obviously they weren't gonna win. So we were just expecting like an underdog show, moral victory, maybe, maybe yeah. a one-nil, something like that. Instead, there was a few weird VAR calls. Yeah. Why was there no penalty on Foden? Gabriel mm. Jesus with his goal, not standing, things like that. So there were particular issues. Yeah. But still, because of the scale between the big club and the small club, like it wasn't really that interesting. Mm -hmm. It's really, uh, really hard to upset a team yeah. and their pep because they basically control everything. Because they had such a big advantage, they weren't really playing that hard, mm -hmm. which shows how good they are at controlling games. But they didn't really have to do anything, no. so it wasn't really that interesting yeah. for anyone besides for besides for no one, really, because everyone kind of knew the results. That's true. Bayern had a big win. Yeah. I was watching it, so it took like 20 minutes mm -hmm. for this game to be a gun concluding, because in the first one, the draw came so difficult. Yeah. I was thinking that, okay... Is this going to be the time that a loss will, you know, trigger everything to start over? But apparently it didn't. Yeah, like the thing with Bayern that's interesting is every year there's basically, like I always call it like the Bayern wobble, mm -hmm. where they have one fixture where you think they will win, like Salzburg yeah. this year, and they draw or maybe they lose close. And then we saw in the Bundesliga, they drew with Bayer Leverkusen on the weekend with Thomas Muller's first ever own goal, which mm -hmm. considering the amount of games he's played is a remarkable statistic. But the thing is with Bayern is... When I say they have the wobble, when they come back, they always put down a statement of like, okay, we are back, we are full strength. 
So winning by seven, well, 7-1 seven, overall yeah. is truly remarkable. I kind of knew it was what direction it was going in when Lewandowski got that first penalty mm-hmm. um, on the 10-minute mark, because then you go, like, okay, they have 18 minutes to yeah. get something out of it. But then from there, it just came on and just came on and came on. Um, like, two minutes between Lewandowski's second and his third, mm-hmm. and the way he got it with, like, the chip and then taking on the chest... It's one of those remarkable goals where it seemed so simple. Like, he'd foreseen the angle. Mm-hmm. He chipped the keeper. The RB Salzburg, they came out so quickly. Like, I, they had a shot on goal in like the first 90 seconds yeah. or something. But it showed that they had eagerness that when they started conceding, it just turned into, like, a bit of chaos, a bit of sloppiness, and they just got exploited all the way through. Um I believe that's the third fastest hat trick in all. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So from there, even having uh, Thomas Muller get back on the offensive score sheet with mm-hmm. the sixth goal, it's one of those games where it almost makes the last one like not matter at all. You, no. It, it goes from being okay, there's a concern to it's a fluke. It happens. Yeah. In similar to being the nil nil with Manchester City, we just mentioned, mm-hmm. where you don't look at it being like, oh, how couldn't they win? It's more a case of like, ah, it was a fluke. Yeah. It didn't really matter, whatever. So that was a very big win for Bayern. I don't know necessarily how much it means, considering the quality of the opposition, mm-hmm. but the fact that last time they struggled against this and now they just wiped the floor with them yeah. shows something has been fixed. Mm-hmm. One thing interesting about uh, Salzburg I want to mention is that this team has been really young, like, I think their guy with an average age of 22 or 23 or something. Mm-hmm. But they have been selling players so much, so often in the past three years. Yeah. They actually made, it's uh, 430 million euros, mm. I want to say. Because usually when we're talking about the biggest sellers in the market, yeah. we're t- talking about the Portuguese clubs, yeah. Benfica, Porto, and now we have a competitor. Yeah. And the thing is, they don't really sell players for... A skyrocket price. Their guys are usually like 10 million, 20 million. Mm-hmm. So, this is a really great young talent pool, which is yeah. actually developing pretty smooth. Yeah. I mean, they're still now in the round of 16. Right. Yeah. So, it's one of those pretty interesting, uh, interesting situations. Mm-hmm. Then the third one. Yeah. Liverpool. I really thought it was going to be a slaughter yeah. by Liverpool because it's Anfield and mm-hmm. it's Inter. Let's say, be serious. Serie A against Premier League, there's yeah. the gap. And then Liverpool and Inter, there's another gap. And then Anfield. So, really surprising win. Yeah, it, it really was. Be- mainly because of how profligate Liverpool were in front of the goal. Mm. Salah hits the post twice. Yeah. Uh, Van Dijk, I think, it's off the, won the post really one time. Really unlucky. Off the side. You know. Yeah, it's one of those things where you do wonder, because it's one thing to be unlucky, but unlucky that often, mm-hmm. so many times in one game. It almost looked like carelessness in the sense of, you know, when you've already won the first leg, you do feel like you have a bit of an advantage, especially if you are going up against Inter Milan, who then they have to come to Anfield. You have this bit of advantage, but it was only two goals. It's Mm -hmm. not that big a lead. And they were so wasteful that I did wonder if it's a case of, like, they got a little bit ahead, ahead of themselves. And I would have really liked to see how they would have dealt with the latter part of the game because you had that goal from Lautaro Martinez, which mm-hmm. kind of came out of nowhere. Really yeah. fantastic goal. I really liked seeing it. That passes, yeah. Yeah, the, the pass was incredible. The way he just let it kind of run, and it was it was almost like 
the equivalent of a volley, but off the ground because he just let the ball go, take the uh, momentum with it, then then get that fantastic strike. So that happened basically on the hour with a pass from uh, set from Alexis Sanchez. But then Sanchez gets sent off mm. like a minute later, I think. Yeah. yeah two minutes later. Um, with a challenge that it looked bad and fair enough, a yellow card for it. But in slow motion, he gets the ball. There was nothing he could really do. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that if he didn't want to, well, that card to happen, he shouldn't have got his first yellow yeah, card. Yeah, that's it. He'd already yeah. made the big mistake there. So the fact they looked like they were about to get into the ascendancy and then just lost it completely. Um, Liverpool not being able to do anything against 10 men was a bit more surprising. Yeah. Which makes me think that this is almost their version of like the Bayern wobble, the Liverpool wobble Could of be. getting the loss here yeah. at Anfield. But again, they'd already won the first first leg. It looked pretty academic for most of it. Mm-hmm. So as soon as Sanchez went off, you kind of knew that they didn't really have to go full strength. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned by it. But still, it's a loss. It's at Anfield. It's yeah. not that pretty. And, was al- it? and also, yeah. a quick thing I'd like to mention, what would this have looked like if the away goals rule was still there? Yeah, exactly. I think, was, was it like, yeah, they knew the rule, but when they're playing, they're not thinking too much. Mm. They're like, okay, we scored two goals on the road. Yeah. This is a big advantage. Oh, really? That doesn't count anymore. Yeah, right. So is it like they're refraining their body? So, mm. But then they realize, okay, the, those are just two goals. Yeah. We, we need to work hard. Yeah. Maybe this loss will remind them that, okay, Remember, that rule doesn't work anymore. Next time you have the advantage like this, work harder and safe. Yeah, I, I think this will be knowing that in the next round it'll be against higher competition. But yeah. also, if you think you can rule out a team like Inter Milan and they can always just turn around with a great player like Lautaro Martinez, true. they should learn from this. I think they will have to go into it knowing they have to be more clinical because they were very wasteful. Yeah. But also that you can't really be relaxed against anyone. In no, especially in the quarterfinals yeah. and if you make further. Precisely. Mm-hmm. And then the PSG and Real. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the fastest hat trick. Yes, that is very fast, but yeah. is it like counting by the whole duration or you know how often it happened? Because yeah. when Benzema got a three goals, mm-hmm. it's pretty that late in the game, him, but 17 minutes. Yeah, I still very fast. it puts him a few minutes behind Lewandowski's yeah. one, but the way these goals came and how they were scored was absolutely remarkable because... You know, to go back to how we opened the show, mm-hmm. there's always a collapse you're expecting from PSG. Yeah. But the way that this happened with one goal that equaled the score, even though the equal was in this game, they were still losing on mm-hmm. aggregate and they just completely fell apart. Yeah. It's It was a real disaster. This is, you know, having Messi there and the mm-hmm. big hype with him and he's coming in with this massive expectation on his shoulders coming in with it basically being, you know, you have this front three now of Messi, one of the best of all time. Yeah. Mbappe, one of the best currently playing. Mm-hmm. Neymar back. Who used to be the second best. Yeah, forward. right. So it's this fantastic front line. I mean, and also great players otherwise. You know, the thing I want to highlight is uh, Marquinhos mm. on that goal where he just completely left so much space. Yeah. It made me realize something, which is, you know, Mauricio Pochettino was brought in, I think, with the expectation of being a club legend who will get things back on side. Mm-hmm. This is almost like with the United loss in the derby, where I go back and I think, well, Ralph Rangnick couldn't do it. Ole couldn't do it. Jose couldn't do it. Now I have to think, OK, those managers weren't at fault. Thomas Tuchel couldn't do it. Um, 
Mauricio Pochettino can't do it. The problem isn't the managers, it's the players. It can't just, be saved. Yeah, like the second goal with the setter from Luka Modric, mm-hmm. 36 years of age. So he's older than Messi. Definitely. And he gets the ball and he sprints down the pitch. And you have Neymar just kind of like half chasing him mm. in a way that made me realize, you know, they he has the he has the speed. He could do something, but he's so used to never having to press, no. never having to get the, get the ball back in league on that the moment there's any kind of adversity, they just don't know how to deal with he, it. He just he's not wired that way. Yeah. He is not wired that way. Messi's not wired that mm-hmm. way. Sometimes I, I doubt if Mbappe knows what to do in that yeah. situation. And it's and it's extra frightening for that team because. The thing that we've always said is the reason why they collapse is it's all mercenary players. Everyone wants to be a star. There's no leadership. Messi should have been the leader, Mm -hmm. having won this competition several times before, having helmed basically Barcelona for years. Yes, they were on the backslide, but they're still Barcelona. That's why they brought him here. Yeah, exactly. So there's so much that should have been done. And the look on their faces when these goals are going in... And Messi is like throwing his arms down. He's like shouting at some, shouting at someone. There's no tracking back. There's no mm. pressure. The exact moment that first goal went in, they just lost their heads completely. Yeah. And there's no excuse for it, no reason for it at all. You combine this with getting locked, knocked out the Coupe de France, mm-hmm. losing the Trophy des Champions. Yeah. This is going to be their worst season because the only thing they have is Ligue 1. Ligue 1. But also from the perspective of they've bought all these players with the intention of competing in Europe because every single time they lose Ligue 1, they win it back the next year because the winners can't compete, which means it automatically looks like a bit of a plastic a plastic trophy, mm-hmm. looks a bit of a farmer's league. So there's no real, like, victory to the win. Yeah. Um, getting knocked out like this in this fashion in the round of 16 is truly remarkable yeah that's actually something you just mentioned i don't understand about psg like they invested so much every year yeah. trying to make the club better like we talk about buying so often about like they don't have two competitive squads mm-hmm. for the champions league and domestic league yeah. psg do yeah and they have basically the maybe top 50 players of Europe for each position. Yeah. But the moment they changed their squad, the moment Portitino did, decided to send someone from the back to the midfield, mm-hmm. vanishes, who has been basically invisible yeah. for like an hour, suddenly he became like energetic, like, okay, right? yeah. this is my this is my channel, this is my belt and road. Yeah. And then he began to work, he began to make everything happen. Yeah. So like, how is that yeah. even possible that you control this game so well and you just don't know how to improvise? Yeah. Like, don't you have the resource it, for it? it? Well, that's the thing, like you look at the bench, so they bring on uh, Adrisa Garnagay and mm-hmm. Haldi Maria, Julian Draxler isn't the player he used to be, but he's still a fairly solid player. Yeah. They didn't play Jorginho Wijnaldum, didn't play Mauro Icardi. It's like, well, Abdou Diallo still, like I say, didn't get played. So they have the players where they can make a difference if they need to. I get the feeling that they didn't take Messi off because he's Messi, even though he did nothing. He was anonymous for most of the game. He lost a ball 11 times. Yeah. And every time he lost it, what does he do? Stand completely still. Mm-hmm. Walks back to where he starts. Waiting for someone to get it back Precisely. for him. His whole thing, the way he kind of plays in that kind of floating right winger, his whole thing is to set up the ball for Mbappe. But when the ball doesn't connect, he just goes back to where he was. Like, the genius of Messi was always that he could adapt on the fly. And now it's like he has this one particular role where either he does it or he doesn't, and there's no in-between. Mm-hmm. It, it was really just shocking performance yeah. from such a... 
from such a team designed for this one thing. Like I, like I mentioned to you when we were talking on our Super Bowl podcast, mm-hmm. there are certain things with like, okay, Tom Brady goes to the books. You know, won't be around for that long. So they stack the team with the intention of winning, and we're winning now. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, happened with the Bengals this year. Um, the Rams. The Rams, I mean, yeah. yeah the, the Rams had this thing where they were set up to be now, mm-hmm. where the Bengals didn't win. But you can say, okay, they'll be competitive for another few years. This was Messi's coming in for two years. Even if we keep him for longer, he's going to be in his late 30s. He's not going to be in the position to win it. So it had to be now. Yeah. And for it to not even be the quarters, the semis or the final, it's a real disgrace. Like, you know, in the build-up to this, it was funny because... Every time Mbappe scored, which is end of the first game, start mm-hmm. the second one, there was this kind of, you know, social media was like, oh, he's scoring against the guys he's going up against. What does this show? Now this loss is like, okay, he has to leave yeah. if he wants to win. If it's there's, gone from there's being a, a reminder, like, this is your time. Yeah, it's yeah. gone from being a showcase of goals to being an example of they're going to waste because the rest of the team, and I'm including him in this, in fact, not the rest of the team, the whole team, they let each other down consistently. Mm-hmm. And if he does go... Carlo Ancelotti is going to have to do a lot to get him playing with Benzema with Vinicius not because they're better or whatever but because they play as a team they set yeah. things up for each other from all these different locations he doesn't and it's it's hard to watch mm-hmm. and there have been recently rumors about Ronaldo falling out with May United mm-hmm. and he's maybe yeah. joining Messi next year next season I mean in PSG mm-hmm. if he is watching this game yeah. Should he think twice? I think so, because yeah. the interesting thing to compare is they've both left the teams where they were successful mm-hmm. and are now floundering. The difference is, with PSG, Messi is anonymous when he was meant to be the guy to get yeah. them to the next level. Whereas with Ronaldo, he's the guy who's been saving the day. And then when he can't do that, isn't around, the team flounders. Mm-hmm. So it's the equivalent of uh, like Ronaldo is trying to pull the team along and it's a bit too much weight for him. Whereas with Messi, he's pushing with the rest. And because they all are pushing at one time without being like, okay, three, two, one now, mm-hmm. they're not getting anywhere. No. And I think that in terms of legacy, this does a lot to harm Messi with the intention of, I mean, with the expectation of he's going to come and prove that he can work in two, more than more than one club. You know, quickly going back to the thing about the NFL, the reason why Tom Brady left is he wanted to prove he was bigger than the system. Mm-hmm. Messi will have left thinking he can be, okay, I'm going to prove I was the best player in Barcelona and I'm going to be the best player in the world here. For the past few years of Barcelona, the narrative has been, well, they aren't winning Champions Leagues. Messi is kind of a bit of an egotist. He's dragging them down. By going to a league where he isn't as protected, he's a bit more of a target, he has the only one intention of winning in Europe because there was those games at the start of the season Mm -hmm. where he wasn't playing, where he said he had thigh injuries, whatever, everyone knew he was being saved for this, this really damages his legacy. That's true. I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See you then. Bye-bye. See you.